Hey, this is Dallas. So this next part, uh, as on brand for us, we went through some technical difficulties. So there's an annoying echo that happens for this next bit, but I promise it's only about five minutes long. We promise there's a payoff. There's a reason that we're keeping it in, not just because we're lazy comedians. There's a, there's a reason why we're keeping it in because we like the content and not just because we didn't feel like doing it over again, but stick with it. It's about five minutes and we apologize beforehand. After that, it gets better. We hope at least. So are we recording? We are recording. Hell yeah. Gotta make sure that I ask at least once during recording. Yeah, we're recording. You have to. You have to. Dallas, uh, how have you been this week? This week has been very wild. Um, I agree. Very wild. So it, it, it always happens in the spring where everything happens all at once. You so know it. The world is waking up. The theater world is waking up. The co- Uh-oh. We lost him. We lost Andrew, and that's that is perfect for how this week is going. Where you just you go and you do what you can, and everything just seems to things just go their own way. And sometimes you drop things, uh, like we dropped Andrew. Oh, he's back. Andrew's back. I'm back. I'm back. I heard you the whole time. That was the weirdest thing. That's incredible. I missed you. I missed you too. You know, for a second there, I got worried. It, just went blank for me and I was just telling the people you know that's that's what that's pretty much what has happened this week where you're doing things and all Heck of a sudden, yeah. you drop things like we dropped you there and you know it you just gotta go with the flow and oh he's gone again he's gone again you just gotta go with the flow uh, there well anyway there's a lot of news going on um, in the world and in the city of Buffalo but you know we start with the obvious place and that is this story from ABC News. Headline, Dolly Parton to star in a musical on TikTok about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. The musical, inspired by, by an exchange between Doja Cat and TikTok star Victor Kunda, I believe, will be released a week after Mexican pizza returns to Taco Bell's menu and as we discussed before on this episode, the Mexican pizza will make its return. Uh, I'm back. He's back. He's back. I was telling the people about uh, Mexican pizza and how uh, Dolly Parton is going to star in a musical on TikTok about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. And Andrew's gone again. But I will tell the people my thoughts on this. I think we're going a little bit too far with well, maybe not. I mean, you know, I don't want to be the old guy telling people, oh, back in my day, this is how you did things. I'm going to let the young people have this one. You want to have a TikTok musical about Mexican pizza from Taco Bell? Fine by me. You want to star in Dolly Parton in it? Be my guest. Be my guest. And that is all. That, that is, is fine with me. Fine. You know, I probably yeah, won't, I watch probably won't watch it. There's Andrew. He's back. I'm back. This is the most wild thing on planet Earth. <laughs> I can hear like, can my, hear, like echo. my echo, and it's like, and it's like, it's like, uh, like, like, an uh, ethereal. like an ethereal. It's Dealing. like Dealing. ethereal, like like you're in heaven looking down. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's crazy. I'll tell you what it feels like when you're not in. Oh no. Oh no. I'm waiting in suspense. Uh, well, I've learned by now that this musical is satirical. 
quote, based on a true story of the internet losing its mind after the fast food chain removed the product from its menu in late 2020. Here's my problem. Is that a scary story? This is a this is a true story. Well, I mean, well, the, the story about the, the musical on TikTok that's a true story. And apparently, people losing their minds over the Mexican pizza being taken off the Taco Bell menu is a true story in 2020. Now, here's the thing. Did people lose their mind in 2020 because Taco Bell took the Mexican pizza off the menu, or was there something else that happened in 2020 that made people lose their minds? I I don't know. I feel like people lost their minds when they took the the Mexican pizza off the menu because I saw a guy who was so excited that they're bringing Mexican pizza back and that he couldn't believe that no one in his family had tried it before. Hmm. Also, I don't know if you remember, but Mexican pizza when we were back in high school was like one of the best days to order lunch. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I don't think uh, when my high school I don't think we had the Mexican pizza they probably just like put some peppers on it and said it's Mexican it pizza but it still tastes pizza, like cardboard it still tastes like cardboard that's amazing that's so great yeah you gotta love you know what's funny I loved how they pushed for a while that there was gonna be health food in schools and it was gonna be healthy and we had to get rid of all the crap that was in the food because we needed kids to be healthier and then they just got rid of all the stuff that tasted good and instead replaced it with cardboard garbage. And like they were like, no, but the cardboard garbage is good for you. And it was like, well, I don't care. Give me the stuff that tastes like amazing and is terrible for me. It was always the, like, the, the most like random the stuff, most like, random like, stuff like, like, the like, like the noodles or the rice. Or the rice. Absolutely. Like that. <laughs> Gone again. He's gone. Oh, there he is. He's, He's back. Oh, there he is. He's back. This is so annoying. Every time I make a joke, this kicks me out. This is an anti-comedy app. I'm feeling discriminated against because, well, you know what, Dallas? I'm not feeling discriminated against. I take that back. I was, I was going to say, you know, I was listening to about privilege and what privilege really is. Well, you know what? I opened the door to this conversation, so I deserve to hear about privilege. Please educate me again. Let me, uh, let me uh, tell you what privilege, tell you what privilege is. is. It's, oh, not, oh, this is oh, convenient. I was gone again, so and now I'm back, so I can hear, so an example of privilege, everybody out there, when Dallas starts talking about it, just dropping the call. Yeah. Oops, yeah. technology, I, I couldn't hear what you were saying just now. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. That could not have been better time. You know, I, I think we should just end this segment right there. That's it. All right. First first ad, guys. Here we go. Episode brought to you by Privilege. Privilege. Not so much an advantage, but the impediment to progress. See, that was worth it, right? Right? Well, anyway, here's better audio. And if you're still listening at this point, we thank you. We thank you so much. We're very grateful. Please share, tell a friend about this podcast. And now more sweet stylings from Dallas and Andrew. And what's that show about Buffalo? So, Andrew, a lot going on this week, a lot going on, a lot going on in the world. Um, I have exclusive audio of the conversation between 
Elon Musk and Donald Trump. Oh my God! What do they talk about? So uh, here, let's let's listen to a little bit of what what happened here. I'm in. Ring, 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 ring. Elon, hey, it's Donald. How are you doing? I love you. Uh, I love my Tesla. Best car in the world. I love it. Problem with the screen though, it keeps going dark, and you know how I feel about dark. Uh, do I? Is there a battery I need to make it lighter? Uh, I don't know what I need to do here. Oh yeah, I can I can get that fixed for you. No problem. Just just you know, uh, uh, hit me hit me up on Twitter. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm not on Twitter anymore. Uh, they didn't like what I had to say on there, so they took me off the platform. Um, you know, I, I would hit you up on there, but they took me off of it. Um, if I mean, I mean, you <laughs> you have enough money, you could probably buy it and put me on there. You could do that, right? Um, you know what? I think I could. With all, I, I could, I could, I could buy Twitter so, and put you back on so Twitter. Just to it, just to have an analogy here, mm-hmm. in your analogy, um. Donald Trump inspires Elon Musk to buy Twitter so that he can go back on Twitter. That's the I think that's that that's the natural progression of how their conversation goes. Yeah, and you think that you think it was just Donald begging to be back on Twitter that put Donald back on Twitter. I think that was it might not have been the root of it, but it was definitely a branch off of it. Everyone at home, I don't know if you could tell, but that was Dallas doing both voices. That was not me at all. So, bravo, Dallas. What do that you? Was a hell of a job. What do you mean? No, that was that was exclusive audio. That, that was exclusive audio. <laughs> that wasn't. I don't, I don't know where you're getting this idea from. <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I I can get these. I can get access to these things. And I. We're calling. We're calling the foreign intelligence offices, grabbing audio from all over the central intelligence agencies' uh, standpoints in different countries. We got Saudi Arabia lining in. We got Iraq giving us some audio. Yeah, they they don't they don't care. They're they're rich and powerful. They don't care who's monitoring their phone calls. It's not like they're talking yeah. about anything illegal or anything. They're just having a conversation. And Absolutely. Elon wanted to buy Twitter. So here's the thing: I learned about I'm learning about astrology and all this stuff. And Elon Musk is a cancer. Well, that that's a zodiac sign. I don't want. Put that, put that. <laughs> that was a great one. I love that one. Put and it. Donald Trump is a lupus. I'm sorry, a Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think b- both of those signs are uh, at least the cancer sign. That's very emotive, very emotional. So Elon, he does things that are rooted out of emotion so if he feels very strongly about something he's going to go for it and he really wanted power he really wanted a toy a play thing so he decides what can i do to show you that i'm powerful and i can do whatever i want i'm going to buy twitter see and that's the thing and that's what it was to me it was like that he tried to save like he tried to save his own image by making it like he was the jesus of free speech Mm -hmm. and instead it just came off like I'm so rich that I'm selling you on this idea. And it's like, he's selling you on morality. He's selling you on morality. What a piece of garbage. Yeah. And I, like I've always said, I, I firmly believe this. I don't think this is political at all, but I think he's a fraud. Because, Absolutely. again. No, and that's the thing. When someone tries to make Elon Musk or calling out Elon Musk a political argument, it's them politicizing. He's just a businessman. 
He's just a businessman who doesn't care. And, and give like me one idea that's worked. Give me one idea of his that he's actually followed through on. Exactly. He made an electric car, and people try to give him credit for that, but don't forget that made him billions and billions of dollars. On top of that, no other idea he's ever had has come to fruition and been a good one because they're all based around his childish ideas of conquering the world or they're based around humanity advancing just so he could say he was the one that put them there. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I don't, I don't get it. And also, I think, I think there's info out there to verify this. He vehemently overpaid for Twitter because let's be honest, who else is out there was going to buy million. Tells you the number forty-four billion, and no matter what you hear, you're not like that's insane. No, yeah. like he heard forty-four billion, and he was like, mm, "Well, I haven't been popular in the last four months, so I suppose I revise Twitter." <laughs> that was German. That wasn't South African, but he is South African, so I figured I'd throw a weird Dutch accent. <laughs> I mean, it's only right. He's South African. That makes sense. <laughs> that actually makes sense. See, and that's what that's what gets to me is like people are like, he's Elon Musk. He wants humanity to to uh, keep going forward and to keep advancing. And it's like, yeah, no, he's Elon Musk, the guy who grew up during apartheid. Also, who says like, uh, I want to buy this thing. Oh, it's going to be forty four billion dollars. OK, we don't want to check cash. I don't like, yeah, No, No hesitation like, at all. Like, I got that. Like, I got that. Really? Got that's that. it. It's only forty four billion. I buy today. <laughs> And meanwhile, they were like, we kind of went high, but I, I bet they were like, oh, we could have went higher. Darn it. Yeah, two of the guys on Twitter were like, damn it, we could have brought back the site without him. <laughs> uh, but he's, yeah, but now uh, he's um, he's baited. I think this is in the Washington Post where he said he, he turns to overturn the ban, uh, Donald Trump's ban on Twitter once he, well, if he makes the purchase. Well, because limiting craziness is limiting free speech. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stopping people from telling people to hurt themselves on purpose is limiting. You know, you should have the right to tell people to hurt themselves. It's, I mean, it's only right. I mean, athletes do it. You know, we not like with their words. How many athletes do you hear telling you to eat raw egg? He's gone away again. Uh, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, athletes, I've, I've never heard an athlete tell you to eat raw eggs. Now you're, but you know, when you watch UFC or MMA, uh, they're fighting and, you know, people look up to athletes, especially young children. Um, I feel like young children, that's kind of an oxymoron or one of those are redundant. Young people look up to athletes. So you see uh, athletes fighting on UFC or MMA or even in regular organized sports, they do fights like, Hey, I can do that. I'll get in, I want to get punched in the face for a living, so why not Absolutely. do that? And no Absolutely. one, no one tells you, no, 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 this is not a good business to go in. No, 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 no. They, I mean, they also don't encourage you to do it. Like, hey, join MMA, but you know, they're just, they're just doing their thing. But there has to be a, a line there. Was like, hey, you know, you kind of like for me, for example, I, I, I don't like conflict. So to be in a cage with someone, knowing that they want to come very very close to murdering me 
uh, that's not an ideal situation. See, and I'm just the opposite. I feel like when you get in that cage, that's your just your that's your time to shine, baby. That's your time that there's no rules anymore. I love that. That's that's it. That's why I love watching UFC, boxing, any of that stuff. Those are my favorite kind of sports. Is there a person in the world? You're not just a person anymore. You're a gladiator now. (laughs) You're an animal. Absolutely. Is there a person in the world where, like, you step into the, the octagon or the ring and this person is in front of you and you're like, um... Maybe this is maybe maybe this is not what I want. Uh well, I mean, there's Tyson. He just beat the ass of that guy on that plane, <laughs> and he didn't just beat his ass a little. Tyson laid into that guy, and I don't even think he said any like. Don't get me wrong, that guy was definitely being annoying. Definitely had an ass beating coming, but a Tyson level ass beating? I don't think anyone could be that annoying. Uh, yeah, no, no, no one asked for that. No one can ask for that. Didn't, wasn't there a guy who just pulled a gun on him and he just didn't flinch? Absolutely. He was just like, oh, that's sweet. You uh, going to let me hit you after you shoot me or what are we What are we saying? <laughs> it's like, good God. <laughs> What's the order here? How, how are we doing this? You pull out the gun or do I swing first? How are we going to make this work? Well, that's what he's saying. He's like, you want me to hit you first? Do you want to take your shot first and then I'll hit you? Or what are we doing? <laughs> like he's literally telling him, you're going to hit, you're going to shoot me. And the bullet's going to go through me, and I'm going to stand there and punch you before I get hurt. <laughs> and we'll see who falls down first. Exactly. So Ty- Tyson is the line for you. Tyson is a line. Um, Young Ali, there's no Ooh. way, dude. He really was the greatest. There's, I, I step in the ring with him. That would be, I would think I signed my own death warrant, because that guy could make fun of you all the way to your ass kicking. That's the thing. That's the thing. He'll, he'll he'll talk about you as he does it, and then he'll talk yeah, about you before he does like, it, as he does it, and then afterwards. And, say like, and he'll be like, "Come on, you can come faster." I used to love when he'd do that. When he waves somebody in, like, "Yeah, no, you can definitely hit me harder than that." And it'd be like, and like that's why the end of his career is so sad. Is it's because it's the it's one of the only times in athleticism that just desserts actually hit. And I don't mean to say that to bash Ali. He's my favorite boxer. He was the best. He really was the greatest. I don't care if I get slammed for saying this live. Anybody that's in the argument of who would win, Young Tyson versus Young Ali, guys, it's Young Ali any day. He was mm-hmm. the greatest champion to ever hit the ring. And um, so I'm just saying, like, Ali, uh, he could make fun of people. And, like, after the making fun of people, uh, the end of his career was so sad because he – had all that CTE kick in and had all those concussive problems. And it was like one of the only times in athleticism that you sit there and you're like, man, he had that coming kind of, and it happened. And you're like, and he really got hit a lot of times and boy, did he just show it right there at the end. And it's like, it's one of the saddest stories in, in uh, athleticism because it's like that dude deserved to have a statue and, like a godly image for how talented he was. And instead, he just pushed himself right to the edge. And it's like, man, but that guy was talent, raw talent. Um, I don't mean to discount boxers of today. I definitely say Alexis Santos is a boxer I'd be afraid to get in the ring with now. That dude is a monster. Uh, Obviously, Tyson Fury, Gypsy King, 
I mean, he just, he's, you know, winning against everybody. Plus, he's like seven, eight. He's a scary dude. Dude, the Gypsy King is, is definitely scary. When Deontay Wilder, like, knocked him out for a quick, like, I thought that, like, that in that first fight that he had with him, like, I was like, oh, totally. well, there he is again. And then all of a sudden, he just pops up like the Undertaker. That was the, the freakiest thing. Like, oh, this, this dude, he, he literally is a gypsy. Well, what scares me about the Gypsy King, and this is why I love Tyson Fury, is he comes back to boxing, and he's a little on the big side because he's having depression problems, which I don't blame anybody for that. So he was having depression problems, and he was big. And then as he conquers or manages, I should say, his depression, he conquers his weight. And he comes back to boxing that second time in a Tyson Fury level renaissance. And like the dude just comes back into the ring, all the weight gone, all the muscle gained back, ready to pound somebody. And, and then he just takes his title back. Like it's nothing. And it's like, that dude is massive. Also with a name like Fury, you have to be good. You have to be good. Well, and that's the thing. It's like he wasn't even given an option. His dad was just like, nope, you have to be a good fighter. It's in your name. <laughs> Going back to that Ali point, um, if you haven't seen the Ken Burns documentary on Muhammad Ali, I definitely oh, recommend oh, it. Um, even though I'm, I'm kind of over Ken Burns and his eight-part documentaries, uh, I, I particularly like that one. And one point that I've always heard about uh, Ali was – when he was in his prime and when he was like fighting people hated him and the minute when people started to love him was when he couldn't talk anymore like towards the end of his life towards the end of his career where he was trying to like you know find peace find his uh peace with god and his religion when he wasn't speaking as much because he physically couldn't and like as he was lighting the torch at the olympics when his hand was shaking that that was when we saw him at like his weakest moment and we felt sorry for him, and that that's when that's when we fell in love with him. We try and we had to, uh, and we revered in his in his excellence in his. It's uh, interesting his greatness. that you say that because it was that year after the Olympic torch lighting that that commercial came out, where it was supposed to like motivate anybody trying to be an athlete, and it was his famous speech, you know, and he's talking about wrestling with an alligator and tussling with a whale and. He talks about all, like, he, he says the whole poem, and it's like, what what kind of got to me listening to that on the television is the same thing like you said. Like, when I was in high school, there was this argument that Tyson definitely would have knocked out Ali if the two young guys would have gotten in the ring. And anybody who said that, to me, um, I know there's plenty of boxers who, who still favor Tyson over Ali, but the majority of the time I find that people who actually box do not because it's just if you know the science of it at all like there's no way that uh, just Tyson being so needing to hit the abdomen that Ali just wouldn't have clocked him right between the eyes and put him right on his behind like and that that would have happened a thousand times in that fight until tight until you know Mike Tyson had nothing left and that's how Ali fought and that's why he got so badly hurt at the end of his life. But it was like, people didn't realize he was the true definition of a gladiator. Like yeah. he got in there and it, his body didn't matter. He was just like, I'm going to show these people a great show. 
Yeah, it was one of those things where anytime I, I heard that poem on the television, I was like, man, people really spit on him for a long time, and they shouldn't have because he was always amazing. And, like, he always had those values. Like he said, when they tried to draft him into Vietnam and they took his championship away, he was literally like, I'm not going to kill other brown people because a white government said to go do it. Yeah. And, like, that's amazing. And that's, like, that... And yeah, you're right. People should have paid more attention to that stuff, especially back then. Definitely recommend people if you have if you haven't seen that documentary by Ken Burns, definitely watch that documentary. It's it was very well done, and I, I definitely learned a lot about the athlete and the man that is Muhammad Ali. I used to use that poem with my kids sometimes when I'm coaching, like I'm running oh. around, like I'm I'm so I'm so fast. You know how fast I am. Last night, uh, turn turn the lights off and got in bed before the lights went out. That kind of thing. And that's my favorite. Fast, fast. They're a murder stone. Hospitalized brick. I'm, I'm so, so mean. mean I, I make, make medicine, medicine sick. <laughs> I love that line. Bad, bad dude. Well, I used to love when he'd say that bad man stuff while he was pounding on somebody, <laughs> and there'd be somebody just getting laid up into the ropes. And then he'd look right at the announcers and be like, I'm a bad man. Right before he went for the knockout shot, he'd be like, what the hell? That's amazing. And like, that's true athleticism. He knows when the knockout shot's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he would call call out rounds like, when, I, when I'm going to knock him out. Oh, I, I used it. to love that. And he'd be right. He'd yeah. either be right or he'd be early. Yeah. Like, I used to love when he'd say, I'll have him in three, and he'd go down in two, and then he'd be like, well, that was good for me. <laughs> that That's the thing about fighting Ali, too. Like, he, he'd get, he'd talk about you, but he'd also do it in rhyme, which would make it even more annoying. So it's just insulting. <laughs> Everything's an insult. Not only are you going to beat me up, but you're going to write a poem about it. Not even write a poem. Just off the top of the dome. No, he never wrote it down. He just said it to your face. It's just so poetic. Uh, and like I said, my favorite thing about him was that he'd give anybody the shirt off his back in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, what people don't realize is after the trifecta with Joe Frazier, they were best friends. After he beat George Foreman, they were best friends. Like, yeah, he'd get in people's face while they were engaged in a fight. But you became his best friend once he had that respect for you. You stepped in the ring with Ali. He made you a friend because you did that. Yeah. yeah. And he'd say, if you got the courage to get in the ring with me, you're all right with me, even if I do beat you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting uh, tidbit on George Foreman and the Foreman Grill before we go on to the next segment. Heck so uh, George Foreman and Terry Balea, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, had the yes. same had the same agent. And um, so when someone approached him about, you know, uh, being the the spokesperson for this grill, um, the agent actually called Terry Balea first. But Terry Balea, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, he didn't answer the phone. So he called George Foreman and George Foreman answered the phone. That was almost a Hulk Hogan grill? That was almost a Hulk Hogan grill. That would have been so much lamer. (laughs) Could you imagine him, Grandpa, selling a grill? <laughs> hey, brother, I got a grill for you. I'll tell you what, this is going to be one Hulkamania deal. I'm telling you, the deals are just flying off the shelves. We got 
hot dogs, we got sausage. Remember when I pounded Andre the Giant? Well, that'll be nothing like the way you pound a burger. This is probably a terrible Hulk Hogan impression. This episode is brought to you by Ticonderoga. By Ticonderoga, I mean the pencil. The big, thick, fat ones. Once you had in school, you could wrap your whole hand around it. Well, almost your whole hand. But it was there just to help you grip and help you to learn how to grip a pencil. Nowadays, you don't use a lot of pencils. You use pens or you use uh, electronic pencils like the Apple Pencil or the the other pencil that are with the other electronics. We don't want to name those here. But the Ticonderoga Pencil is the classic and will always be the classic. And I'm not sure why it was number two because it was always number one in our hearts. Ticonderoga Pencils, you can get them, well, anywhere you find pencils or pens or crayons and um, beautiful art teachers. Pay the teachers. Ticonderoga Pencils. Okay, our next, uh, we have uh, still got a lot of news to get to, so we'll start in the another obvious place of top five tacos. We did do this with Tokyo Monsters, which we'll have an interview with, we'll play a little bit later. We, you'll hear their, their top taco places. Number five taco place for me, I'm going to have to go with Taco Bell. I'm going to put Taco Bell at the top five. Um, although I don't really eat their tacos, I like their chicken quesadilla. Heck yeah. That's I'll my tell go-to. You what. I got to do the other fast food place. My number five has got to be Mighty Taco because I love Mighty Taco. The only reason they come at number five is because it's still fast food and suffering from IBS, you know, got to do my episodely mention of the poo problem. Uh, <laughs> problem. <laughs> but anyways, uh, with my issues, um, they, you know, Mighty Taco doesn't necessarily make them worse, but it certainly doesn't help. Okay. So, uh, like I said, uh, they come at number five simply for that reason. Taste-wise, my God, I love Mighty Taco. That's a good taco. Uh, I'm gonna Actually, I'm gonna go Mighty Taco for my number four. So, hell yeah. f- really, for a lot of the reasons that you said. Um, I like to go there and get me a couple of chicken and cheese soft shell tacos and then call oh, it a day. So good. And just eat, swallow them like a pelican. <laughs> like a pelican? Yeah. You, you hold them all in the bottom of your jaw for a good half hour before swallowing. And then just, you know, massage them down all the way. <laughs> like, a, like a dog taking a pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my number four. All right, my number four definitely got to be um, um, what's it called? Uh, Deep South Taco. Again, shouldn't be at number four. It's not their fault. It's just because they use a lot of fattening ingredients. Again, don't blame them. I own a taco place. That's what I'm doing. Just with my condition, sometimes it gets a little rough, but definitely solid number four for them because uh, Deep South, my God, amazing tacos. Um, and I love eating there. Like after that one show we were in, when we ate there, that was one of my favorite days. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Deep South Taco, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Um... Heck yeah. Dude, I love that. Let's see. Number three for me. 
I'm going to go with Prima Pizza. I really like their chicken tacos. Uh, I love Prima Pizza, dude. They're so good. So good. Plus, and they're, they're always so nice, too. I tried to close them the other day. Or yeah, the you, other, uh, you, you did shut down their whole business. So, yeah, we gotta... I got to... I got to plug the heck out of Prima Pizza. <laughs> they're definitely my number three. Because as far as fattening uh, taco meats, but now we're in real places, which is what I need, man, are they good. Yeah. Man, are they a good taco. And they're always so nice, too. Yeah, they really are. And that is important to me in a taco place. Yeah, especially when I'm rushing for lunch. Like, he helped me with it. Like, yeah, this is a really nice experience. I, I wish I could stay and eat here, but I have to go back to work. But I really enjoyed this experience. There's always ESPN on there so I can catch up on, on the sporting news of the day. Usually it's the Mets doing something in the Mets, most Metsy way. But the taco makes me feel better about my day the chicken taco definitely recommend the chicken taco i don't eat pork or beef but i do eat birds i eat birds that's my bill clinton in, in impression uh double entendre i eat birds i love uh birds and bill clinton so both of those <laughs> love is a strong word out there guys just uh putting it out there now that i've uh set a set a political bit feel i should say love is a strong word uh, but uh he was an entertaining guy. Mm-hmm. Especially with a name like Bill. I know, like President Bill. President Bill. Very, very, very common name, like a friend almost. Yeah, this is my friend, Bill. He's also the president. <laughs> that's, that's like something a mobster would do. Like, this is my friend, David. You might recognize him as President of the United States, David. <laughs> Like, oh, by the way, he's the leader of the free world, David. Yeah, so I'm not really worried. <laughs> so, are, are you was Prima your number three as well? Are we we're sharing Absolutely. that in number three? Oh, that's a shared number three. That is a beautiful place. Okay, okay. Uh, number What's two, your number two, number two. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Lloyd's. Oh, definitely share. That's amazing. I'm going to go with Lloyd's. At first, so my first experience with, with Lloyd's, I didn't like it at first. It was the, the food truck. It was at Buff State. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I like this. And I went again another time. I was like, you know what? Maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. They I'll are, they are pretty it good. It wasn't your fault. But Lloyd's, you got to get the right thing. And you mm-hmm. got to get the thing that suits you. And it takes people a couple times to find the thing at Lloyd's that suits them. But once you find your thing at Lloyd's, there's never a bad time for Lloyd's. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to say, like, even solidly with this problem that I have, Lloyd's doesn't hurt me the worst. Like, it's not the best, obviously. There's still some crap. But um, it's not, like, it's not, it's very good food. It's obviously okay for you food because it's amazing on, on, my stomach so lloyd's definite number two no pun intended right <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one my god little so joke little jokey joke little jokey joke you know number one's funny too but takes less time hmm. that's a pee joke <laughs> you know screw you for not giving me a real laugh 
No one out there is going to hear that chuckle that you just did. They, no they, one out there is even going to know that you thought that that was funny. You know, they 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 understand my my laugh and when it's <laughs> when it's real and when it's pity. Like when you're at a open mic and someone says a joke that not everyone laughed at, but you feel like, well, someone has to laugh. I'll be the one to laugh at this one. That's always that uncomfortable. When was that t- a reference to my joke at the open mic that got the pity laugh? No, 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 no. That was a re- reference to uh, some of the. No, I won't. I won't talk about the other people. But you know, the, some some jokes just don't fall. It's 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 on. That's being honest. That's comedy. Some jokes don't fall, especially at an open mic. You don't know your crowd. You got three, four minutes. You just kind of go up there and wing it. And sometimes the jokes don't fall, and I feel uncomfortable when that happens. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna laugh at that. I didn't quite get it wasn't that funny but you know what you feel like i feel like you need a laugh here so i'm going to give you a, a laugh let me ask you which is worse the dead silence or the single laugh mm, the dead silence because you you can work with a single laugh i feel but like what if it's like what if it's not like you might misunderstand me what if it's a ha <laughs> i think that's funny like that's because that's how I laugh sometimes, and you've pointed it out when we watch people at open mics and like. So guys, I just want to say out there before I continue this story, if ever you want to be on the show and you catch Dallas and I, we love going to events. And if there's an event out there that someone wants us to come to, we're in. We love anything Buffalo, so definitely coming out to any events. Um, that being said, when we go watch open mics or performing them and we're watching other comedians, Dallas always points out how sometimes when I think a joke is extra funny, I won't say ha 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 like normal people and laugh continuously. I'll go ha. And that's my laugh. (laughs) That's it for a little while. And Dallas thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. It's hilarious. Say one ha. And it's so aggressive. Like ha. And they, I feel like they don't really know <laughs> what to do with it. Like, it. like, was that a sarcastic or did you actually think it was funny? I feel like that's what they're thinking up on stage. That's when I give them the, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But like Andrew said, if you ever catch us out at open mic or any kind of event, uh, you know, come talk to us. We're friendly people. We don't bite all the time. Um, speaking I of bite. Yeah, I haven't bitten I, w- I would never, I would never do that. And like, now I'm potty trained, so like, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word potty. That is one of the funniest <laughs> words ever. I don't think we ever said a number one taco place. We just derailed. Yeah. Uh, What's your number one taco place? Number one for me, I'm going to go with Don Tequila. That's just a fun place to be. That rocks. That's it's, such a good place. It's just a I fun environment. I'm going to go with the North Towns place for this one. Definitely got to say La Galera. Um, love La Galera. Heck of a place. That's definitely our uh, definitely our, our taco place around here. Because uh, up in Niagara Falls, we uh, need the local places. And, man, local La Galera food. So good. So good. You got to take me to some of those North Town places, too. Like we talk about pizza places, taco places. Gotta, gotta take you know me up there to some of those. You spots. know what? We have had a rough couple of weeks, and after this week, we're both free a lot more. I say, next episode we do actual visiting places. So tomorrow, you've heard it on air, everyone. Tomorrow, Andrew gets on the phone, calls several food places, Northtown and South, 
If you're out there and listening to us, know that Andrew might be calling your restaurant. If there is a restaurant that wants to be on What's That Show About Buffalo, please send your info in to us, guys. You can hit us up Facebook, Instagram. Uh, heck, you could hit us up even on Spotify. I believe there's a way to message us. So if you uh, if you want to hit us up, definitely most um, – most, uh, I keep blanking on the weirdest words. Um the most reliable was the word I was looking for, everyone. The most reliable way to hear back from us, definitely Facebook and Instagram. So if you want to shoot us a message, guys, we'd love to have your restaurant on. And I will be calling restaurants this week. You've heard the quest. But next episode, Dads, we're going to eat at some food places and start doing some reviews because that is a definitely good idea is to get you eating at some Northtown places. That's right. And uh, that's going to be it for us. We did an interview with Tokyo Monsters on Cinco de Mayo after their show. They're really excellent. Check out this quick little piece that we did with them. And until next time, uh, why don't I just do a closeout like we're doing a closeout? Well, until next time, I'm Dallas Taylor. And I'm the purple shirt guy. And this has been What's That Show About Buffalo. Here's Tokyo Monsters. What's up, guys? I'm Andrew from What's That Show About Buffalo. Uh, we got Dallas holding the camera. That's me. We got two guys from Tokyo Monsters. I don't feel right saying their names. They played such a psychedelic, heavy show. I'll let you tell them who they are. Guys, tell the folks who you are. What's good, girl? It's Joey from Tokyo Monsters. Love it. Love it. Chris, also from Tokyo Guys, we got Joey and Chris from Tokyo Monsters, and let me just say, you like Psychedelia, this is the band for you. You like heavy metal, this is the band for you. You like rock and all, band for you. You like rap, probably the band for you. You like country, come out and hear a sick bass line, this is the band for you. Guys, I'm talking Tokyo Monsters, these guys are the absolute best. You just heard some street people shout their names, Tokyo Monsters is the ultimate greatest. Guys. Where do you get the inspiration for your music? I gotta hear about it. Boys, it comes from the heart. You just gotta dig deep sometimes and just let everybody know how you're feeling. I love it. I love it. Just the deepest. The deepest. So, guys, we're out here on Cinco de Mayo. It is crazy out here on the street. Every venue is playing a place, and I would not rather be at any place than a Tokyo Monster show. Tell me, guys, when I come to your show, what do I expect? What is the sound and what is the venue like? Step one, you don't get stabbed. I love it. That is perfect. Better than out on the street. Okay. Like over there, it's real Cinco de Mayo over there. But real yeah. Cinco de Stab. We're here to make you feel things. Emotions. We're here to make you feel sexy. Love. That's what we do. We want to make you love. jump. We want to make you jump. That's like crisscross. Get it? Mac Daddy make you jump. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I love it, Dallas. So tell me, guys. I want to hear about more shows because I want to make it to every show that I possibly can. What shows do you got upcoming? We got some straight bangers coming up. June 18th, Evening Star, Brookhaven, Tokyo Monsters. It's going to be off the hook. And then after that, July 24th at Stamps, Tokyo Monsters, Vertigo Child, Eyes Set to Kill. Guys, these are all bands that you better see because these are all bands that bring the heat. On top of that, Tokyo Monsters brings the crowd. Tell me, what is your crowd life like? Our crowd couldn't ask for more, man. Some of the liveliest, most emotive, loving people that walk in the space of the earth. Guys, please get out there. Please see Tokyo Monsters. Thank you so much for doing an interview. Before you go, we gotta play a game. We play a game called Tokyo, Tokyo. All right, guys. So Tokyo, Tokyo out.
we got to call it. Are you Tokyo in, Tokyo out on this situation? You've got fans that have offered you a night, drinks on them, but they say it's 30 drinks or they're not going to pay. Do you go for the 30 or do you be responsible and say, maybe that's not an offer I take? We are always up for the challenge, Tokyo in. All right, that's a Tokyo in. Put it away. Everybody on our page always asks about road rage. They always want to hear about how our local celebrities act with road rage. So let me ask you, a guy comes up in the traffic, he's totally at fault. There's no way it's your fault. Do you engage in the road rage or are you Tokyo out? Tokyo in, lots of middle fingers. I love it, I love it. Screaming window down. Oh, yeah, perfect, sure. perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna say Tokyo out on this. I'm, I'm not much of a fighter. It's important to be peaceful, but maybe well guys, it's Cinco de Mayo out here, so let me ask you one last question. We got a bar melee. This is another question we get in our comments section a lot. People are interested in how bands act during a bar melee. Do you encourage the brawl, or do you tell people to stop brawling from the stage? Let's hear that instance. Are we Tokyo in or Tokyo out? I'm Tokyo out, dude. I love it. When it comes Perfect. to a concert, it's all in on the love, man. You gotta take care of each other, have a good time. I love it. Perfect. Yeah, I gotta say Tokyo out too, man. Be peaceful. All those shot callers and barroom brawlers, you gotta mellow out. Guys, I gotta ask you, it's Cinco de Mayo. What are your top taco places? Top three, what are we thinking? Top three? Top Absolutely. three? Oh, man. I'm only gonna give one. La Divina, except no substitutes. Best steak burritos, best nachos, authentic Mexican, except no substitutes. La Divina. Quick shout out to La Galera and Niagara Falls. Ooh, that was gonna be mine! What? That was my time! I love it! Absolutely authentic La Galera, oh, then I you know. have Moe's, which is American Mexican cuisine, Total. and then Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco. On the way home. On the way home. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. I gotta thank you both and get the handshake. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Please go see Tokyo Monsters. Find What's That Show About Buffalo, Facebook, Instagram. Please see our comments on Tokyo Monsters. And you have a good night. What's That Show About Buffalo? Andrew out.